return me to what you were saying earlier about a realist novel that, that, that tilts at something else. There's a, there's a, there's a particular moment of, of, of strange disorientation where there's almost like a, I don't know, Bollywood horror mo movie right. moment where, where a character yeah. who's been recurring through yeah. haunting yeah. our main character um, appears in some strange set of yeah. almost cinematic yeah. kind of close-ups and then there's a terrible sort of sh shock ending which, which makes me wonder about the happiness. But that just seems to be a moment of whether it was a quest that was personal to you because it's about someone returning to, who's been away from India, returning to India, yeah. but also a kind of literary or imaginative quest of being able to perhaps perceive under a kind of material world some other... Yeah, I, I, was, I was thinking of the, I mean on one level I think you can think of the novel as a ghost story, so if you bring the two last two things together, and, and uh, um, so I was thinking carefully about what, what it is that a ghost story does. Mm. And you know, a ghost exists always because something in the past has not been settled, right? What is the reason for a ghost? Something unhappy in the past has not been settled. I mean, you know, the very, like, that's somewhat repetitive to say that because only bad things are never settled. So, <laughs> uh, so I thought perhaps the ghost novel could be, the ghost story could be opened up in order to think about painful histories and unsettled history. And I thought, when I thought of the phrase open up, I thought, why not literally, and I use this word advisedly, why not literally open it up, but make a space, stretch the ghost novel to the ends, and make a space in the middle, and put the put three very painful stories of unsettlement in the middle. Um, and and see what kind of conversation emerges. Uh, to go back to your previous question about when I go back to India, do I find myself as a tourist in the country of my birth? Mm. Um, yes and no. I, I go back to India uh, uh, every year and uh, I nowadays I've taken not to advertising that I'm returning so that I can just do my own thing and um, I sort of go and do research in, in um, uh, I can't say very much about this mm. I'm going to do research in troubled areas okay. and stuff and, and um, I may not write another novel about India again but um, but the the fact that I can speak two languages, uh, one of which is rusty Hindi, but mm. it comes back very quickly when I go there, my mother tongue is Bengali. So knowing a language in India and having left the country when one was fully formed, mm. I, mean, I was 22 years old when I left the country, so every wiring was in place. I was a, <laughs> I was, so, so I can go back and after a while I can slip into it. So. Um, but do you, do you have that experience of, uh, things that certain expat writers have? You go back and you've moved on, but so has the country. It's very easy to... to in, in, in I'm, I'm sure Joyce did. And part, I think partly Turkey. what Joyce was constantly doing yeah. was free... Was, there was a frozen version of... Yeah, absolutely. Of, totally. Which oh. is why, you know, people say, you know, uh, why, like, you know, Lives of Others is a historical novel. Yeah, I suppose it's historical in the sense that it's set in the late 60s, early 70s. But so I wanted to write about, I wanted to take up the challenge about writing something about contemporary India, mm. actually. So, uh, no, I mean, uh, uh, um, I, I keep, I, I go back 
every year and every year my learning curve is very steep so because the country's moved on and it has remained frozen in the point when I went back last time mm. and suddenly I need to it needs to thaw and I need to move it forward a little bit it's interesting that that's that's a that's a much more interesting way of noticing ch and registering change mm. than while you're living in a place you only notice change in something when you're outside it right so and change like you know I I um, uh, um, um, I mean you know some countries change faster than others but um, in, in in India I think uh, uh, and, and you know ch change is one subject that appeals to me a lot mm. and I want to keep writing about change and um, so so it's good to like like one thing that being away from India and going back gives me <coughs> is to see this process of change in a very tangible way and that that helps me a lot as like that helps me a lot as a writer so does that is that again I'm sort of return I'm sort of perhaps obsessed by the form of the novel because I, I always want to pin pin it down because as, as you say I think there are lots of writers that are using this kind of more transgressive form in a, in a technical way yeah, yeah. I felt there was a real yeah. that seems to fit that. so I think what David uh, Saloy and, and I uh, we, we are doing something very different from say what Mitchell attempted oh. in Cloud Atlas uh, um, and um, uh, I mean I actually feel David's book is a collection of Naturally, it, it it is a novel like in a free state. It's held together by theme. And I thought it was a collection of stories. Okay, actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Mm. No, I mean, I, well, I, I didn't think. I, th I I I think some of the fuss around the Booker. I wrote. I remember a review of Graham Swift's stories. I don't see why they shouldn't go forward for the Booker. I mean, it would the idea of this best novel. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I'm told uh, I can't name names, <laughs> particularly because I'm being recorded. <laughs> I'm told apparently there there are hopes that the Booker will change and allow short stories in. Because the the international yeah. Booker allows. Yeah. Can I just ask as a as a, a, a slightly uh, Mukherjee esque diversion um, based on was being um, shortlisted. And I, I remember writing a preview for for a, for a paper, and, and you seem to be the front runner right up until the. Yeah, did <laughs> did did your experience of the Booker, um, and what and the way that you were seen, the way that um, I noticed there was a New Yorker a big New Yorker review of, of an earlier book that got published later. Does that sort of thing overshadow uh, the writing of the of, of the next book? Uh, Something is kind of. In my case, luckily, it didn't because this book came quickly and mm. I wrote it quickly. Although I lost a lot of time for <laughs> the book, I think. And, you know, I'm grateful for the attention and it's meant a great... Uh, uh, things have changed and, and, and stuff. But I feel they should have the prize like the Pulitzer. They should cut out all the drama and the lead up and stuff like that because that is very costly, I think, mm. to the writer. I do not know a single writer who enjoys this. Really? That's uh, interesting. But they don't have the power to say, no, we are not going to go to the dinner, we are not going to play this, we are not going to dress up and, and, and do all these things and, you know, be your performing monkey. Uh, um, I thought Paul Beatty this year, who look, had the look of a man um, 
<laughs> hit repeatedly over the head. I mean, I think he was so shocked that I, and he was wonderful. I thought I thought he was gushed, and that yeah, was rather yeah, good. Yeah. But I did feel rather sorry. Yeah, for him as well. and and I feel that whole thing playing out in the public eye is mm. is is really terrible. And I I wish they would have it as as uh, like the, like the Pulitzer, mm. you know, like just one day somebody announces and you find out the winner finds out at the same time as the shortlisted writers. Mm. So. That's mm. it, you know. Uh, uh, and the gold sticker goes on the book that says finalist, but it's a prize, and that's it, you know. Yeah. So you know, you get your the the sales happen and stuff, but <coughs> but the upside of it is that you get to meet very nice people. So in my year, I think all the people like I met Howard and Karen and Richard and Joshua, all these people, you know, we're all friends. Attributing quotes to a writer who then scratch their head and, and reach for them, but it was it was interesting about the sort of extending a review as well. The sort of trends of literature. There was the India was was hot. I think you compared it to going to sort of different restaurants, yeah. and then it was yeah, Pakistan. Yeah. Then it was um, I think Korea is very hot at the yeah, moment. Yeah, and yeah. Do you feel that community of writers, and and are you all sort of aware of these sorts of strange ways that you get pushed into certain? I do actually. I feel, for example, uh, in the US. If you're not white Caucasian, you forever have to keep writing the immigrant novel. Right. And when you try to break out of it, you're punished. People just don't notice. Interesting. Uh, so, um, it's, it's, um, yeah. And I feel, um, you know, for example, uh, a recent colleague and now friend, uh, Jhumpa Lahiri, she mm -hmm. is uh, uh, breaking out of that whole farm. You know, because she so went to write in a completely she, different... Yeah, she's not no longer going to... Actually, she hasn't written an immigrant novel for a while uh -huh. and stuff, but she started her career writing about Bengali immigrants, which made her enormously successful. And she wrote beautifully about them. And now she's decided she's no longer going to do that. She's going to do her own thing. She's going to write in Italian for mm. you know, so, yeah. And I feel, I, I mean, I don't know whether she'd agree with me if I said this, but I think this is her rebellion against the straitjacket that she's been put into. So, uh, yeah, so um, what, what, what does Indian writing mean in Britain? In Britain it means either a fam family saga, and I haven't helped my cause by writing the lives, the lives <laughs> of others, or it means you know, writing about poverty and inequality. So, you know, I'm worried that, you know, no, no, no Indian writer is ever talked of in terms of, you know, say form mm. or, or thinking about form and stuff so you know uh, Anjali Joseph's uh, previous novel The Living which I thought mm. was an absolutely blazing masterpiece mm. I thought I don't know formally say that is an avant-garde book mm. I think you know that is a real avant-garde book so um, um, you know nobody took any notice of it well this this novel like I was thinking of in terms of um, Twinning. This novel, family, plays obviously a, a, a mm. huge role. But again, the the structure was it tends to be almost conversations between pairs of characters, yeah. Yeah. one of whom seemed to spend an enormous amount of time, or, or both of whom, but one of whom seemed to be spending an enormous amount of time trying to get into the head of the other. But the most obvious example being the extraordinary uh, section about Lakshman and uh, Raju, yeah. who's a who's a bear. Yeah. I mean, there were shades of Beckett, I thought there were shades of all sorts of, but I assume lots of forms and 
folk tales that I don't perhaps. Who is El Beckett? Is uh, I mean, you know, if I'm asked to name one writer, I consider to be the greatest ever. Really? You know, people ask you about influences all the time, and I always say that you know, influences cook away in a region of the head where writers <coughs> have no access to. Mm. You know? So, uh, I can talk about people I like and I don't like, but you know, influences are beyond me. You know, you tell me who influences me, but, but uh, uh, I mean, uh, um, I I hope Beckett hasn't influenced me in the sense that you know, because he was so. There's only one Beckett. There cannot be another Beckett. I mean, because instantly you become sub-Beckettian mm. if you try to write like him. As you say, more or less. Yeah. Or well, less. What, what, uh, what do you... I suppose uh, I felt so with that relationship, yeah. the idea of two people tied, tied together. But absolutely, yeah. So you see, I didn't see that. You pointed <laughs> out, you've, 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 like, you know, I think all good criticism adds to a book and you've made me see something that I didn't <laughs> know existed. Thank you, actually. I'm going to go think about that. Like, it's like ham and clove or something yeah. like that. So, um... Can I ask about, know, I was yeah. interested about the bear bait, the, 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 not the bear baiting, sorry, the, the, I mean, 19th century London. Um, the bear dancing and, and that, that relationship I found, I, I found that book, that part, um, Incredibly hard to read. It was incredibly hard to write, okay. but I wrote it in a fever, I think. I have no idea how that story fell into my head. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I don't want to go down the sort of mystical route of, oh, it, it comes to me in a dream or I'm inspired and the muse comes in through the door and stuff. No, I don't want to say anything of that sort. I, I have no idea how Lakshman and Raju's story came to me. Really, the, the origins are very murky. Um, I wanted to write about, I think, and maybe I'm doing some retrospective uh, 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 narrativing here, <laughs> is that um, I wanted to write about an animal, and I wanted to write it about from an write about it from an animal's point of view, mm. and then I thought, no, I can't do that with any degree of good faith, because how do we know how animals think? So it's impossible to do that. So. Um, and you know, Indian attitude to animals is just so terrible, okay. so terrible. The way animals are treated in that country. And then you have the cow fetishization right. that's going on now. So, uh, who was it? I think it was the economist Joan Robinson who said about India, everything that you say about it, the opposite also is exactly true. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a, it's a country like that, you know. You can say... Uh, um, Indians treat animals terribly, and then you see Indians treat like some animals as a god and, <laughs> or a goddess. Or, or uh, uh, so, uh, there were bits that were very difficult to write. Actually, did you have uh, to do? I mean, I don't. I did. Yeah. Is there research? I mean, yeah. there was obviously there's, there's research involved. Um, the wildlife SOS people in India were amazing. I've thanked them in the book, Kartik Satinaran and Geeta Seshamani. And they, I remember the first Skype interview I had, I set up with Kartik, he cancelled because he was remote rescuing a cub, a bear cub, in the borders of Nepal and India. Yeah, so, uh, and he rescued the cub and stuff. He has a TED talk, he has a okay. small TED talk. But uh, but no, they they gave me all like data statistics. Uh, uh, they spoke to me. They took me through, and and then I thought, right, I've now got to sit down and imagine and write it, and that was terrible. So yeah. But there's a strange. I think it's one of your. Uh, I'm not the first critic to say this about your writing, but 
There were moments I felt terribly sorry for Lakshman, at the, often at the height of his a kind of desperate cruelty um, to, his, to his family, a sense of him being, you know, for want of a better word, unmanned, I think yeah. he, he feels, yeah. and powerless. Yeah. But the, the way that he, he takes out and all those around him, um, which I guess sort of turns him into a kind of an yeah. animal. I feel, I feel a great deal of compassion for him. Mm. He's an asshole. But, you know, <laughs> but I also feel that, you know, he's... Yeah, I, 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 feel, I feel sorry for him too. I mean, I wanted to... I, you can't have a villain in a book. That belongs to a different genre. Okay. I think, you know... Uh, in, in, a, in, in a realist novel, if you have to pay you just lip service to realism, you have to make people rounded and, you know. Uh, who, who is a wholly bad person you know? Boris Johnson, yes. <laughs> uh, uh, 